Welcome to Conversations with KP, the podcast. This is your host, KP, and I'll be pointing you to God through conversations and creativity. Let's go. Welcome to Conversations with KP, the podcast. This is my inaugural first episode. Yeah. I've got a very special guest here with me today. Um, a great man of God, a father, mm. a husband, uh, the CEO and yes, founder sir. of Glory to God Basketball. Um, he's a father to a beautiful boy named Kingston as well. Yeah. His wife's name is Emily. I want to make sure I say their names on this pod as well. And uh, yeah, he's one of the more decorated high school basketball athletes <laughs> that come from the state of Tennessee, former uh, Division One player, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, mm-hmm. and Houston Baptist University, yeah. and he's also a little, I'll throw a little this in, the nephew of uh, all-time great, who should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, baseball player Barry Bonds. Uh, welcome Braxton, bon- Braxton Bonds to the podcast. Yeah, guys. man. Thank you for having me. I like that name, Conversations with KP. That's a good name. Yeah, man. This guy's <laughs> the, uh, what do they call that when the words, what do they call it, man? It's like when you're using like passion, purpose. You know, it's a, it's a word for mm. it. No, that's something. God, it's something. I, I'm going to think of it like yeah. halfway through this podcast yeah, and randomly it. spit it out. Yeah, dude, that name is awesome. Well, yeah, Braxton, thanks for being on here, yeah, man. man and, um, uh, you know, before we get started, I just want to talk about how me and Braxton met. We lived yeah. at the same apartment complex. Yes, and Braxton is swaggy. So <laughs> he wears the uh, the cross earring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's and, after uh, my uncle. <laughs> and um, he wears like, you wearing like a Yahweh t-shirt, yeah, I believe. Man. It, was, it was actually a really sick t-shirt. And I asked him where he got it. I didn't, I didn't invite him to Bible study that night. And yeah. uh, so we go to the same Bible study on Tuesday nights. Um, Braxton and his wife are great people man um actually funny story i saw you guys my wife was watching some sort of reality netflix show dude i seen you on netflix yeah you got a thing for showers i do yeah man i finally got my shower too so uh with my new house i got the shower that i want but (laughs) this guy's on netflix (laughs) um and then you guys had a beautiful wedding man we did uh we actually had two weddings so because covid happened yeah and i uh, shut our first one down we had a private one which nobody knew about until this May when we posted our anniversary. And then yeah. we got to have like our real wedding um, in July. So My wife and our anniversary is in May. What date is you guys? I texted you too. We got May 22nd. On May 6th. Wow, that's awesome, man. May anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah, man. May anniversaries, man. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Braxton, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with this question. And yeah. it's, uh, when did you begin your relationship with Christ, man? What a good question to start off with. Um I would say that I started my relationship with Christ at eight years old. Uh, I remember my mom walking me through uh, the what Jesus did for me at eight. And I still remember her walking me through um, a prayer to accept Jesus into my heart. I can remember that day, the night, I'm sitting on my bunk bed. Um, Jesus just was real to me in that moment. And I remember giving him to my life. Then things went wayward. Because, uh, I mean, you're eight years old. I guess you don't really know um, what it means to be a follower of Christ yet. Um, so I think that I came into my own and chose for myself. Obviously, I think I made that decision for myself at eight, but I didn't know what it meant to actually be a follower. Like Jesus talks about in you know, Luke 14, count the cost. I didn't really count the yeah, cost. You're a kid. I'm a kid. So. Uh, but I'd say my freshman year of college, uh, first six months, I lived completely sinful. 
And then, uh, like, my back, last two months, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm going to give my life to the Lord, and I rededicated my life to Him. Uh, I think that's where it started at, so. Was there, like, a moment when you were in school, like, like an aha moment, like, oh, man, this is, this is why I need to turn this around, or, like, did something happen, or is it just yeah, the conviction I, that you had from I think being it was, growing up in church? I think it was conviction, <clears throat> but I think there was one moment, too. I was always girl crazy. Um, that was, like, my sin of choice was girls, and just doing, um, being sinful, I, there was just one moment, one night, when I woke up the next night, and I was like, I'm going to have a wife one day, and this uh, this is not the, the path that I want to go. Um, I don't want to be sharing these things that I'm doing with her later in life, um, and then that's kind of what led me to, you know, get back in church and get back um, on the path. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's good. And I think every person has one of those, like, aha uh-huh moments, yeah. like, man, this is... Um, I need to take this more seriously. Yeah. I have one too. Um, mine's kind of funny. I was in high school, senior oh, yeah. high school, and I was at a, um, I was at a uh, <laughs> Yankee stadium. <laughs> I was at a Yankee game at the. This is the time the stadium was new. It was nice, um, and I stole a bottle of liquor from the bar. I didn't get caught either. Praise <laughs> to God, I did not get caught. Um, and I, I felt so man. I never felt so bad in my life. Yeah. Um, and this. Mainly because of the after the fact of doing that, the stress of like, if I get caught, I'm getting expelled from right. school, you know. Um, and wow. uh, yeah, man, I think from that moment on, I kind of got serious about God. Yeah. Obviously, you know, going through college, that transition from high school to college, it's a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, Everybody has to make an adjustment because right. um, you're getting just a new level of freedom. Yep. But man, dude, I, I appreciate you sharing, you yeah. know, that story. And tell me what is. And, and if you guys don't know, obviously I, I said this earlier that Braxton was a Division One uh, basketball player. What are the lessons you learned from being a Division One basketball player and also being a believer? Because you're not just any person who just says it. You're oh, someone yeah. who actually lives it. Oh, yeah. So tell me what that was, like, what that's like and what your experience was like. You're very, that's, yeah. that's different, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess the, the biggest thing, and I, I try to get this uh, carried over into training, the biggest thing that I learned from basketball especially being division one is self-discipline. So a lot of people are, it's almost self-discipline and self-motivated. Like people can have other people to get motivated. Right. And especially in our Christian walk, like we can go highs and lows up and downs when we feel motivated. Right. With being a college basketball player, there's really nobody to motivate you. Like if you don't want to go get the work done, then they'll just bring in a new player the next year. That's better, just as good as you are. And your spot is gone. And so that taught me, like when I went my freshman year of Tennessee, that taught me, I was like, no, dude, you've got to get up 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and you got to go put in the work shots. Because I've got people who are going to be first-round draft picks, and they're doing the exact same thing. Like, they're going to be, I'm not going to be a first-round draft pick, and they're outworking me. What makes me think that I'm going to be, one, a good college basketball player and or play pro one day if I'm not, you know, self-disciplined? And get up and do the work. And so, and I just try to carry that over my relationship with God. Like, God's not going to force me to do anything. He's not going to force me to spend time with him. He's not going to force me to whatever. It takes that discipline to pray, to read the word, to do exactly what he says. So I think that was literally my biggest lesson that I've learned. And I'm so thankful that he gave me that gift of having self-discipline. But I had to learn that. Dude, that's great. I always believed, like, being around division athletes and seeing them work. You guys learn how to. You guys learn work ethic early. Early, because when you first, when most majority of students go to school, they're not getting up at six. No shot. They getting up at eight, nine. Yep. Classes at eleven. 
you guys are working. Already. You guys work because your coaches are dependent on you really to feed their families. This yep. is really on you. That's, that's a lot of pressure mm. for an athlete. So the maturity level which you guys have entering school, college, university at a whole nother level on the regular season. I've always respected that. Getting up at six. This is my schedule for class. I got tutoring. I got afternoon practice. Yep. These are the things I have to do. And it's, it's man, it's like what you just <laughs> said. They can't. It's not for it. And then you learn competition. Obviously, oh growing goodness. up in sports, you learn competitive. Right. But the level of competitiveness for a Division One athlete because another scholarship player may be coming the next right year. Right in. Gosh, Right man. in, man. It's, you, it's literally you are on your A game every single day. Whether you're tired, whether your girlfriend broke up with you, whether you failed a class, it does not matter. You have a job. Because just like you said, which most people don't understand – those coaches have to feed their family. They don't have 20-win seasons. Bye. See ya. They'll get another yep. coach. So, like, you are their product. You better perform. And not to say coaches still care about what's going on in your life, but at the end of the day, like, bro, all that stuff's got to be pushed aside. When you're on that court for whatever it is, an hour, two hours, you got to perform. Yeah, it's, it's something that you have to take seriously. Very serious. Um, for sure. And I kind of wanted to ask you this, and obviously you don't have to go too much in detail, but being in a locker room, with division athletes and being a, a strong believer, yeah. what was that like? Did you did you feel different? You know what I mean. Like you, I think you kind of understand the question I'm, yeah, I'm trying 100%. to ask you. Uh, I definitely felt different. Um, I got made fun of a lot in a good way though. Um, like they were never mean, so like I didn't get bullied. But like they would make fun of me. Oh, you're the kid that doesn't cuss. Oh, you're the kid that's not listening to rap music. All my friends would be like, Hey, we're going out. Let's go party. Let's go drink. No, you're not doing that. And like they would be like, why aren't you? Why aren't you doing that? So one, it was a good witness. Um, I definitely got teased a little bit because I'd never do that stuff. And then especially when they found out that like when me and Emily were dating and we weren't having sex, they yeah, were like, man. "Oh, you're you're insane. You are insane." <laughs> and I was just like, "Sorry, man. This is just what I what yeah. I chose to do." So yeah, uh, but I love those. Like those guys are great guys. I can't. I'm, I didn't have one bad locker room, which is a blessing. Like I didn't have one bad locker room experience. I had all good guys. That I got to pour into. So I just, um, I'm thankful that God gave me those opportunities for sure. But yeah, I was definitely different. <laughs> yeah. And now how'd you keep the edge? Because, you know, when you're playing sports, there is a compet there's a competitive edge that you have to have when competing. Not so much being like a, like a mean person, right. but it's more so like, you know, hey, I'm this... You know, we're fighting for the same thing. Yeah, so how do you how do you keep your competitive edge? Because sometimes people think Christian athletes are soft. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not for sure. That ain't really no, it, man. Not that's at all. that's not it. We we we're just as competitive as yeah. you. We just have a different way of going about 100%. it. One hundred percent. So so talk to me about that about the edge, man. Yeah, I think two role models for me was one my mom told my mom and my dad both told me that I was built like my uncle. So my uncle just had a killer mindset, which obviously is one of the best hitters of all time. You got to have that type of mindset. But he was mean. And then I didn't play football, but Tim Tebow was kind of my kind of my guy that I watched. And I was like, this dude is intense. And he's passionate. Fiery. And he leads people while professing Christ at the same time. And so he was just somebody that I always looked up to. And I was, I was always small. So I had that little man syndrome <laughs> as a basketball player. So, like, I've always just kept my competitive edge from being the smallest on the court. Like, mm -hmm. I was 5'1 as a freshman in high school. All my friends are starting as freshmen. I'm 5'1, yeah. I don't start. And so, from, like, it used to really make me mad. I was like, nah, I just got to be a dog. I just have to be a dog or I'm just not going to play. Right. So, I just kind of kept that fire. 
and then look to those kind of people as role models. And you're about six one. Six one now. I didn't get to six one until my senior year. Man, and you were leading them to state championships. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally a five five sophomore <laughs> as a starting point guard. Five five sophomore starting point guard in high school. Guys, if you haven't seen Braxton, Braxton is skinny. <laughs> so skinny. Um, I was hundred and forty pounds. How much do you weigh now? One sixty seven. Okay, you, a, you're filling out there yeah. because I think last time we talked to you, maybe. You're still 160-something. Yeah, but low. Um, you have yeah. a fast metabolism, though. So fast. Dude, I'm like, dude, I'm 158 pounds, Yeah, bro. I can't gain weight. No, it doesn't and my happen. legs, dude. Yep, doesn't happen. I can't, I can't make my legs any bigger. I think it's hereditary. It my dad has skinny legs. That's how my dad is. Fast as can be, but skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, man. Same. Um, so, another thing I want to ask you is, where did the start for Glory, the guy, basketball training come from? Like, when did you know you wanted to do that? You know, what's your passion behind that? I, I can kind of feel your purpose, but I want you to talk about your purpose, behind, your purpose, yeah. and your passion behind starting Glory to God, Glory to God basketball training. Uh, straight out of college, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Yeah. So that was always my dream. Um, I was working at Smoothie King at the time, and then uh, my high school coach, who's basically the, the best you know father figure I had, asked me to train a point guard. And he said, I got a really good point guard, and he's a sophomore. He needs a little bit of you in him. He's super passive. He's not a he's not a dog, right? Coach Drew used to call me a pit bull. He's like, I need you to help this kid become a pit bull. First ever kid I trained, um, I didn't really like it at first. Um, I was just like, yeah, this is kind of weird. I know how to play the game. Teaching the game's a little different. Um, but then he started responding, and I could I saw how close that I could get with this kid. Um, and then I started. I was like, ah, oh, this kid. I see what you're doing, God. Like, this could be a ministry opportunity. So, you take all the things that you struggle with basketball, how you made it an idol, how you struggle with, like, you know, anxiety with it, and help these kids not make it an idol, how to show them how to keep God first while getting good at the game of basketball. Yeah. And then he just put me in um, into contact with good people who just did, you know, word of mouth to grow my business. Uh, the name came from, I was literally sitting on my floor in my room and the Lord was like you're gonna call this glory to God basketball um, because I want you to you play you literally for the most part even being a Christian athlete I still was like fine line of trying to take glory for myself and then sometimes trying to give it to God yeah and he was like nope this is gonna be called glory to God basketball and you're gonna learn how to give it all to me and I was like yes sir and that's where the name came from Dude, that's that's awesome man. yeah and so now you're you got a lot of clients. <laughs> yeah. You're training a lot of kids. You're influencing them to know God. You're also helping them develop on a basketball right. uh, court. And I also wanted to ask you this because this is a this, from what I've seen, can be a tough transition for for athletes who you know are pursuing professional opportunities. That transition from graduating college to now, you got to go into a different world. Yeah. Talk about that because you have pro aspirations. Yeah. You know, just talk about that and. Was there any disappointment? Just, just talk about it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'll be as authentic as I can on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, really bad depression, really bad anxiety setting. Yeah. Um, from May 2019 to probably early 2021, probably the worst years of my life. Um, just because I wanted to be a pro since the time I was a little kid. And then when that stuff doesn't work out, nobody nobody other than like your mom but you don't really listen to your mom nobody really tells you hey man 
here's another option if basketball doesn't work out. It was basketball was the only option. That's all yeah. I thought about ever. And so when it didn't pan out, I was like, what do I do with my life? And you just sit there and I was like, I have a master's degree and I'm working at Smoothie King and no shot to anybody who's working at Smoothie King. But like, that's where I was in my life. And I was like, you are failing bad. Like you are not, you did not reach the goals that you set out to. You did not reach all the hard work that you put in all the hours you spent. That's not coming to fruition at all. So like I got bad, like seriously bad sadness, like not even like, Oh, disappointed. Oh, God's got something else for you. Like, no, I was like, you suck in life. Like it was bad. Um, to a point where like I didn't want to do anything. I was just like, yeah, I'm giving up basketball forever. That's why it was hard for me to want to be a trainer Yeah, man. because of, I was like, ah, I'm going to try to help kids reach to my point and then they're just going to get to my point and fail and it's not going to be worth it. That's like what I thought originally. Um, obviously, God's given me a new mindset thanks to him. Um, but yeah, hardest two years, hardest two years. Um, but now I get to look back and be like, oh, God, I was just using that time too. So that's good. No, I can imagine like <laughs> you're coming from a place where you're, I mean, Braxton, you're playing Division One. You're not just on the team. Nope. You, you're a starter. Yeah. You're averaging double figures, assists. I mean, I think you were one of the best like uh, defensive guards in the NCAA as far as, especially from steals per game. Yeah. Um, so you, I, I, that's got to be a tough transition going from that. And then now, you know, the disappointment of not, you know, being able to play professionally at the level which you want to play. Right. And now you're doing something that you never saw yourself doing. It's something you never saw coming. Nope. And uh, I, I'm sure during that time, you learned a lot about yourself. Yeah. And I'm sure you got closer to God because usually through those times of adversity. Yeah, much When closer. we get close closer to God, man, that's that's good. I mean, I, can, I can't understand that from that perspective because I didn't play at that level. Yeah. But I can understand the, the depression part of after school. and. Yeah, it's just like, what do you do? When I'm, Who you know, this, am I? this isn't this isn't what I thought it would be. Right. Um, and so, what would you like people to know just about you, though? You know, what, what would you like people to know if you had to like tell them something about you before they met you, and people don't know you listening to this? They already learned so much about you now. What would you like them to know about you? Uh, I want them to know that I love my wife and my son so much, uh, and that they are the two most important people in my life. Uh, seriously, I want to be known for how well I love those two. Um, and then I want them to know that I strive. I fail so often, but I strive to be like Jesus as much as I can. But that's my main thing. If someone wants to ask, what, hey, what's Braxton good at? Loving his wife and being a good example to his son. That's what I want to be known as. And, bro, that's your mo That's you and I both. That's our most important job. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have a child yet, but I have a wife. Yeah. And that's... She's all I care about. It is. That's her first ministry. Um, and if you're listening, you're not married. If you are married, you do understand. And, and Braxton, we definitely should let's continue to talk about this a little bit more about being a husband, man. Mm. And just because you and I both, yeah. you've been married two years. two years. I've been married a year. Uh, Braxton's a dad, young father. So talk about the first two years of marriage, man. So. And what you've learned. Man, I have, one, I've learned a lot. I've learned because I come from a broken home, one I've learned a lot about marriage is one you've heard, you heard it all the time, but sacrifice. But one that people don't talk about is perspective, which is what I've learned. I, I know that's probably a weird answer, but you've probably listened to a lot of people all the time when they talk about like, yeah, marriage is hard. First year marriage is hard. First yeah, I've year, heard this that. Is hard, right? And me and Emily were going, we won't ever say that. Like. Whether it is or not, those words won't come out of our mouth, and we're just 
we're going to choose that our perspective is this is awesome. Two years of marriage has literally been awesome. It gets better every single day with my wife. And this is not to like, oh, you can have the best marriage ever. I'm not saying that hard times probably won't come. They probably will. I'm not naive to that. But I don't look at it as in like, oh, this is going to get hard. Oh, wait till you have kids. Then there's going to be a huge stress on your relationship. No, Kingston has been the biggest blessing. And me and Emily have actually gotten stronger because of it. We talk more. We spend more time together. Like it is the complete opposite. Now I could look at it as that way. Like, yeah, I don't get to sleep as much. So if I want to complain to Emily that I don't get to sleep as much, for sure I can take that. (laughs) But we have, we have already made it in our minds. We won't do that. Like it's just not going to be. And so I think perspective on that stuff and just like a fixed mindset has literally changed my, how we do marriage. Like, cause we just, we hated hearing that from people, especially our family all the time. No, like no shame to our family at all. But like, Everything we heard about marriage or having kids was like negative. I was like, well, what's the good in it? Like, what am I doing? I was, this? Like, I was like, yeah, like literally, what is, is there any fun? They're like, yeah, you get to like have intercourse. I was like, oh, dude, oh, what? Dude, okay, come on, man. Like, yeah, man. that's the, like, that is the, obviously, that's fun, but like, that's the bare minimum of like why I love him. Listen, like, yeah, if you get married for sex, like, that's you what are you're wrong. You a huge mistake. <laughs> huge mistake. People don't talk about like that time when you get, uh, when she's pregnant and that just goes away. I'm like, yeah, I, no. <laughs> But yeah, so we were like, we're not, we won't be those people. Like, Dude, we just won't be those people. I love that perspective. My wife and I have had a great first year of marriage as it. well. Um, and marriage is great. Yeah. I am, I, do listen, before I got married to Hannah, we dated five years. Mm. How long did you and Emily date? 2015 and got married 2020. So oh, you dated five years yeah. too. Okay. I never wanted to get married. So <laughs> I remember, yeah, this is the truth. My wife came to me one day in 2020. I just came back to North Carolina. I was living in Florida. Came back to North Carolina for a little bit. And she uh, asked me, hey, you know, I'm ready to get married. And I was like, listen, I'm not getting married. <laughs> you know, I like, I like doing me. Right, you know, right. this, is, this is a, you know, but I couldn't live without my wife, number mm-hmm. one. And also, I had so many people telling me, don't do it, bro. Yeah, see? And, and some of that stuff influenced me. I, hanging around some of the older men that gentlemen I would hang out with um, just because of the type of job I was working. Yeah. Um, they would, they were in my ear. These were single men. Mm-hmm. They didn't have they, yeah. successful marriages. They weren't men of God. Right. Sometimes you have to, you really got to be careful. Who are you letting Amen. to tell you stuff and, um, end up getting married. I mean, this, my, my, my marriage has been a blessing to me. Yeah. I've gotten better. Yeah. You can probably say the same thing. Um, and it's going to continue to get good on. I love that you're yeah. saying you guys just speak positivity yeah. into it. Cause you cannot allow the negative mm-hmm. stuff Not to get all. in there, man. So that's good. Now, also, talk about Kingston <laughs> and talk about being a dad. Man, Kingston is a uh, he is a game changer. Um, take your heartbeat, take your heart in your chest, yeah. and just set it outside. That's literally what you feel walking around. Like, oh my gosh, that's my heartbeat's right there. There he goes. Walk, he's crawling right there. There he is, cuddled with his mom. Yeah. Like your actual heartbeat. Having a wife, too, will show you how selfish are. you oh, are. Oh, yes, bro. And then having a kid will literally show you how selfish you are, too. Man. And you're just like, like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Last night, I'm holding him, and I'm crying. I'm like, and I obviously, I don't think I'm a bad dad, but you're just like, oh, I'm failing you, son. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm too selfish. I, I promise I promise from this moment on, I'll be more unselfish with you. Like, yeah, you man. just, you just, I don't know, man. I Like, it's hard to explain. The best I can do is like my heartbeat's like literally right there, and you'll do anything to keep your heart beating. You'll do anything for that um, person, 
but yeah, it just proves it just shows you how selfish you are, and then but it, it inspires you to be better. So I love that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Got some fun questions. Let's go. You, man. So, give me your your point guard. Yes, sir. Point guard. Point yeah. Guard. <laughs> so tell me, who's your top five point guards of all time? Oh, this man. This is a good question. Uh, top five favorite for me, or who do I think? No, top, top five, five your best? favorite. This okay. is guys. This is. Purely subjective. We're not going by stats. Gotcha. Top five point guards that you like to watch. Top five for your me. game. Yeah. Uh, first is Steve Nash. That's the that's One that's my, my that's my go. That's probably who I uh, watched. Allen Iverson. Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Like so, Celtics Rajon Rondo. That's like the guy that I loved watching the most. If you don't put Steph Curry on your list, there's probably something wrong with you. <laughs> uh, that's very true. Yeah, there's probably something wrong with you. And then, probably the most, it's changed now, probably the most influential to me in my game, uh, high school and college, was OKC Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. My two favorite now are Trey Young and John Morant. Yes, those two yeah. are great. But those, those five are who I tried to like build my game around. Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah Steve Nash is my favorite player going here in AI. Yep. Those are two of my favorite players. I was a big Suns fan. Oh, yeah. I love Iverson. I think I had every Iverson jersey colorway. That's so sick. The, the Denver mean, one's tough. I had that one. I Denver, the blue Philly one, the Ooh, one that was blue. Yeah. Um, yeah, AI was like that, man. Yeah, Those are great. Rondo. Boston. Boston hey, Celtics Rondo. Rondo. Unreal. Yeah, man. That's a great list. Yeah, obviously Steph should definitely be on He's got to be on anyone's <laughs> list. Yeah, ridiculous. And then now, tell me your top five influential people in your life who've influenced you to be who you are now. For those people, uh, mom is definitely number one. Yeah, not even it's not close. Single mother, um, I <laughs> if I I have Kingston for five hours and I'm like Emily, I need help. <laughs> so I can't imagine Man. raising two kids by yourself like that. Whole another level, whole another perspective. So her, she is the woman of God. She's the reason I have faith. Um, obviously, God's the reason I have faith, but she pushed me towards that. Uh, Emily, her, she inspires me to be gracious and kind so that trey he he probably doesn't know he's one of the most influential people in my life but uh he is if wisdom spews from this man um and i look up to him in so many ways uh his heart for people wish i had a heart more like his um and just his passion when he sets his mind on something he's gonna get it done um now, there's a lot of crazy stuff about Trey, but Trey's one of the most influential um, people in my life. And then Trey's Braxton's brother. Yeah, he's my he's my little brother. Um, and then the last one, man, that would be that would be hard. I would just say, is Jesus an answer? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, 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 that's such a cliche answer. Yeah, give me, right? give me something else. Um, let me really think of who's influenced my life. But, all right, this is this is going to be uh, a, a a real one. Um, my dad. Even though my dad wasn't there, he's influenced me to be the dad that he wasn't. Man. Now, me and my dad are close now, so there's no no shade in my dad. Uh, but he's influenced me to be the dad that I wasn't. And he's shown me that when you go through hard times, right, when you've gone through stuff, that you can repent, you can ask for forgiveness, and then you can pick right back up and try to be a better man from where you've started, right? So just the last year, my dad, I don't want to get too much of my dad, but addict his whole life, wasn't there for us. At 52 years old, imagine being an addict since the time you're 13 and at 52 deciding, I don't want this anymore. 
and going to rehab and then literally got saved and has changed his life. Um, so like it's never too late. That's kind of one thing. I've it takes a lot of strength to do something right? like that. So those are top five right there, influential people. Oh, man. That's yeah. a good list, man. I love how you kept it in the family and kept it at close people. Some people be saying, yeah, Chris Paul. Or, yeah, <laughs> no, Elon <I> Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Influence you. <laughs> you know them. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's good. Well, Braxton, man, thank you so much, man. For Dude, this is this. awesome. Dude, this was fun. Seriously. Um, give the people encouraging message. Bro. Yeah, man. Braxton's got a lot of wisdom, guys. Here it is. Here's YouTube. the most important thing that I could tell you. One, repent of your sins. Two, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Three, live by the Spirit and pray every single day uh, to be led by Him and uh, seek to give Him glory and honor in everything you do. Anything else that we say outside of that, um, if that isn't the first four, uh, first and foremost in your life, uh, really doesn't have eternal value. Um, so I would make sure that you guys uh, do that. That would be my wisdom. Man, that's good stuff, bro. Hey. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so my much God, for being bro. on the pod. That's awesome. Guys, that was Braxton Bonds. You guys can follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Bond 7 Bond 7 Give him all your social media yeah. accounts here. So, personal page is Bond 7 uh, Glory to God underscore B-Ball is my uh, Instagram page um, my, for my basketball training. And then that's it. I don't really use yep. anything. I'm going to link your YouTube in here too. Yeah. I'm going to link all your, I'm going to link all Braxton's social accounts, his YouTube, subscribe. If you're looking for someone to train you and you're in the Nashville area, this yeah. is the guy to do it, man. I, I doubt you'll find someone with the skill and the character <laughs> of uh, Braxton Bonds to train you. So thanks so much for being yeah, on man, the thank you. pod, man. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate and review, and please share this with someone, um, one person. This can just impact one person. Um, we know we were supposed to do so. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Bye. Yes, sir.